what we've got here is failure to communicate. From sunny Southern California, we bring you Meet Bridget, a podcast for building confident communication and female badassery. We spotlight women who have bridged the gaps in their lives by building strong relationships and speaking their teenage dreams into reality. Welcome back to Meet Bridget. We're back again today for another Bridge Etymology. In case you're tuning in for the first time, I'm Kashia, the COO of Bridget, and together with my best friend and Bridget CEO and founder, Asha Gabriel, I help run a confidence and communication platform for teen girls. Etymology is the study of the origin of words and the way in which their meanings have changed throughout history. These Bridge Etymology episodes have been some of my favorites to create and curate. As you might know by now, our two cornerstones are confidence and communication. And so what better way to establish and maintain confidence than to speak it into existence? We use these quick snack-sized episodes to bring you along with us on our journey to being better, more intentional communicators. It's a space for us to take a pause and consider the deeper meaning behind the words we might use you know, throughout the day, we might have even heard them hundreds of thousands of times, and we break them down to their original meanings and include compelling stories along the way. Don't you think you ought to do something about expanding your vocabulary? Our bridge etymologies are not only a fun and light way to expand the library of words we use, but it allows us to share a more intentional approach to becoming masterful storytellers and unparalleled communicators. So today, I'm going to break down the word ritual. You're about to witness an ancient ritual never before seen by civilized man. As life has made an effort to return to some sense of organization or normalcy since the pandemic started two years ago, a return to school, in-person work, gatherings, holidays, we've collectively had to shift the way we do things on nearly every level. Each routine happening that we normally would have once taken for granted, things as simple as planning a night in with friends, or as complicated as organizing a Thanksgiving dinner, have all had to make way for new routines and flexibility of thought. In our daily lives, work and school have been upended. We've learned to adjust to working from home or studying remotely, and our typical daily rituals thus have had to evolve. It's safe to say that even those of us that have been most opposed to change have had to adapt in some way. And even though it's not been ideal, the human persistence to keep going is super evident in our abilities to meet these challenges by creating new habits and patterns to live by. So one could argue that especially in times of crisis, we crave routine. And for that reason, I want to take a little snack-sized breather from today's version of craziness to shed some light on the meaning and intention behind the word ritual and how the word plays such an important role in cultivating harmony and consistency in our otherwise unpredictable daily lives. Like much of our modern language, ritual has Latin roots. The original word was the Latin word ritus, which meant religious custom. This later formed into the Latin ritualis and was adopted into English in the late 16th century as the word rite. Similar to its predecessors, rite meant a religious or other solemn ceremony or act. 
for the most part, ritual is a word that stayed fairly within line with its original meaning and intent. And today, Merriam-Webster defines the word ritual in three ways. So one is of or relating to rites or a ritual, i.e. ceremonial. Two is according to religious law. And three is done in accordance with social custom or normal protocol, like ritual handshakes or ritual background checks. So it's a little looser of a definition. You'll notice that the last definition kind of strays from ritual's religious beginnings. This is kind of what got my wheels turning. So how on earth did a word whose original meaning was so deeply rooted in the concept of religious practice come to a place of being generalized into social customs and norms? To think about this a little more deeply, I bring you the definition of religion as a way just to deepen our perception for a minute of the significance of the word ritual. So religion is defined as the belief in and worship of a superhuman controlling power, like a god or gods. It's a particular system of faith and worship, or it's a pursuit or interest to which someone ascribes supreme importance. So the example that Merriam-Webster uses is consumerism is the new religion. Wait, wait, did you, did, wait, wait, did you say a shopping mall? Yeah. So similar words to religion are faith, belief, divinity, creed, and synonyms of the word ritual include act, custom, formality, habit. So while the words ritual and religion are two different words, there is a definitive link between the two, not just from their origin, but in the actual meaning of both. So religion deals with a system of beliefs. Rituals are the manifestations and practices of those beliefs, both religious and non-religious. Similar to the New Age adage that you are what you consume, rituals are beliefs activated. They are not just symbolic representations of the doctrines that define your life and mindset, but they're ideas put into practice. When you think about the application of these meanings, it allows us to look at ritual and religion from a broader vantage point. And the relationship between the two becomes cyclical and symbolic. The cycle, you practice what you believe and your beliefs are strengthened in practice. And the symbolism, think rites of passage, which are ceremonies, events, or points in time that mark an important stage in someone's life. For example, getting your first period, having your first breakup, the start of puberty. Doesn't make any sense. Puberty can often be a confusing time for a young adolescent flowering into manhood. So let's take a look at how to apply rituals in a way that enhances life via symbolism and practice. And while the roots and beginnings of ritual were grounded in religion, I want to really think about this on a macro level in which religion is just symbolic of whatever your personal thoughts and beliefs are and whatever your theories of self and your place in the world are. And the rituals are the vessels for putting those beliefs into practice in order to grow and strengthen the relationship with yourself. So often we hear the importance of self-care especially in this day and age of social media and this like new wave of like body positivity, which is all incredible. I'm all for it. But what does self-care actually mean without a framework to exist within? It's not really self-care or caring for yourself unless you're treating yourself and the self as something as sacred as religion. So how do you show up for yourself daily? To be clear, 
Self-care is not synonymous with self-indulgence or being selfish. It's not a luxury. I think that it is um, mandatory. We need it in order to continue to fill our cups up. Self-care means taking care of yourself so that you can be healthy, you can be well, you can do your job and care for others. You can do all the things that you need to do and want to do in a day. And the way you choose to do so are your rituals. Fuck you! Ah, yes. My morning ritual. And those self-care rituals are so important that they're actually evidence-based. They've been linked to longevity and other positive health outcomes. And there's a lot of research, for example, showing things that like exercise, yoga, and mindfulness, these are all methods of self-care, are supportive of emotional, physical, and spiritual well-being. So emotional self-care is self-talks, like taking a bubble bath, saying no to things that cause unnecessary stress. Physical self-care is prioritizing sleep or adopting an exercise routine you can stick with, choosing healthy and nourishing foods over processed ones. And spiritual self-care is, you know, it might be attending a religious service and going to church, or it could be spending time in nature and meditating and incorporating acts of kindness into your day. And when this self-care becomes enduring, it has permanent effects. So when this is put into practice, for example, mindfulness, it actually nourishes and feeds your brain. When you practice daily exercise, your muscles strengthen and grow and your body is healthier. So um, according to one of many similar studies published in psychiatry research, two months of mindfulness training can lead to changes in the gray matter in your brain, which is involved with learning and memory processing, emotion regulation, and self-referential processing. The act of self-care, the act of having these rituals is actually scientifically linked to major health benefits. I believe in taking care of myself in a balanced diet and a rigorous exercise routine. The bottom line is that creating the intention and implementing rituals that work best for you to help strengthen and maintain a healthy sense of self their investments of time to fill your tank back up and lend to longevity of mental health, physical health, and spiritual well-being. And there's no wrong way to practice, which is the great thing. So keep in mind that creating rituals takes just that, practice. It doesn't have to be all at once, right out of the gate. It just needs to be mindful and reflective of the ideas, thoughts, and beliefs that you aim to continue perpetuating in your life. So how do we do this and what does this actually look like? Well, you have to really mindfully think, determine what activities bring you joy, replenish your energy and restore your balance. And you can start small with one behavior you want to incorporate into your routine every week, like making your bed in the morning. And so you practice that every day for one week and reflect on how you feel and then start adding in additional practices when you're ready and you, you know, lean on support through shared practices with loved ones, coaches, professionals. Maybe you go to therapy every day. Maybe you journal or pay attention to your breath for five minutes and set intentions for the day. Or you practice eating breakfast slowly over, you know, 20 minutes, allowing yourself to reflect on what you're grateful for at the start of the day. Or you do it at the end of the day and you Create a bedtime routine that minimizes screen time and focuses on relaxation techniques. So rituals can really look like anything you need them or want them to look like. They're just the manifestation of what you want to bring into your life and what you believe and what your perceptions are. Mm -hmm. 
breathe. Breathe, there you go. So at the end of the day, like everything else, creating and practicing self-care is a practice of consistency. It should be part of our personal religion with our practices manifesting as the rituals which become sacred to our emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being as a way to find harmony and create a stable foundation for all the chaos, noise, and buzz of a busy life. I see you have found a sacred peach tree of heavenly wisdom. So, do you have rituals that you lean into? If so, share them with us on social media. We love hearing from you. And that's all I've got for today. So until next time, see you next week. And that's our show. If you liked what you heard today, please like, subscribe to, follow, and share Meet Bridget with your circle. The best way to help our work here is to rate and review our podcast. We're listening and constantly working to build something helpful for you. Catch you next time. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world.